Welcome to Transition, Gadgets 360's gaming and pop culture podcast. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about a lot of developments around gaming, and this includes Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, which has an India angle to it, and I'm sure you'll hear about it very soon. Nintendo Switch becoming the fastest-selling gaming console in the U.S., faster than even the Nintendo Wii. Xbox One X appearing for pre-orders in India. Monster Hunter World's PC release date. Yakuza 6 and Overwatch League and Overwatch 2018 developments in general. Apart from the games we've been playing this week, and to do that, we have our games editor Rishi Alwani. Good morning, night or evening, whenever you're listening to this. And yeah, we yeah Nintendo stuff maybe. Yeah. I think that's the Pranesh starter kit for making sure you continue seeing the podcast. So cool, friend of the podcast and renowned Japanophile Mikhail Madnani is also here. It's always late night when people listen to the podcast. Because this is the midnight channel, am yes. I right? Five points if you get the persona reference, people. And yeah, as Pranesh said, welcome to Transitions' first episode of the year. Well, first episode of 2018, I guess. Yeah. No, second episode actually. So, Pranay, what's been your New Year's resolution? My New Year's resolution is to read more books and play less games. No, it's not. Anyway, so uh, point being that we are recording this on the fifth of January. That's Friday because one of us is traveling. in the week this podcast will be released yep. so some news might be a little outdated by the time you get this podcast we're just really sorry about that so starting with um, pubg so know. yeah a lot of things around pubg this week uh so uh, late last year i think around december 27 28 uh, a korean news outlet uh, outlet called uh, i think if i'm getting the name right invest global uh, put out an interview with the pubg ceo chang him and uh, they basically and in that interview he said that uh uh they want to bring pubg to everything they want to have and they've been courted by netflix they hollywood's in talks with them they and uh, they also obviously want to get the game out on playstation uh now the reason for the delay of the game on playstation they claim is because sony has stringent qa uh which is really amusing because sony is also the platform holder that allowed the uh, last year's infamous uh, life of the black tiger on playstation network and to the point where it was even in uh, had an official trailer on sony's on playstation channel and amusingly the game uses the game's trailer in fact uses uh, music that's uh, actually from an anime cover of all things so yeah it's it's really uh, i think it's basically uh, the pubg corp ceo trying to be diplomatic as to why they can't bring the game onto playstation 4 but it's just amusing all the same given how uh, psn and to a smaller extent xbox the xbox store has been turning into well you know uh more expensive versions of the of the google play store that reasoning is just complete nonsense simply because earlier this year i mean late last year in 2017 we'd spoken about playstation store crapware yeah. and how like so many really bad quality games are showing up there so and we aren't yeah. just talking about fallout for No, but jokes aside, uh, the problem with what he said, like while obviously he's being diplomatic, uh, there's there's this thing with Sony and early access games where uh, they allow some, but they won't allow others. Like they don't have a game preview program like Microsoft. So what they do is they wait for the game to hit one point zero and then publish it. Uh, this happened with uh, Elite Dangerous, where it was uh, quote unquote exclusive to Xbox One uh, on a console until it hit one point zero, which when it got a disc release and it basically released on PS4. Ark Survival Evolved was an exception because Sony allowed it and it actually sold a million copies in less than a month on PSN for PS4. And it's still early access and it's still doing super well. With PUBG there's obviously been uh, 
Microsoft involvement. I mean, Microsoft even calls it console exclusive on the early access box. And when I say box, it's like a cardboard box with a code inside. So Microsoft and Microsoft's engineers and Microsoft's dev teams even helped with the port of PUBG with controls and with like adapting PUBG for the console. So yeah, it's definitely like not just Sony's quote unquote QA, which obviously isn't true because there are like a lot of bad games on every platform right now. And in some cases, like games are just straight up broken and I don't even know what Sony does to test these things. But uh, with PUBG, uh, it's definitely going to come to PS4 at some point. Uh, We just won't know about it until probably a week or two before it gets announced and when it's releasing because uh, Microsoft has a marketing, Microsoft has an exclusive thing on it right now. And there's more to it. Uh, I mean, even if you look at the support PUBG has got on Xbox One, it's already got two patches. Two patches during a very crowded holiday season is firstly crazy it usually doesn't happen most developers take off they, they they're on holiday for these weeks so to see microsoft actually push out updates when people are playing it when the game is hot it usually doesn't happen so and plus you have the gears of war team who worked on the controls so that's a pretty big deal at the end of the day and uh i think at i think we'll, uh at the end of the day the pubg ceo's remarks uh essentially are the fact that you know hey we're doing okay on xbox one because you know they had 1 million players in the first 48 hours but i mean let's be honest here if you're on ps4 you'd probably see a larger number because the as much as i hate to say it this this console generation for a large part has been a one one console race yeah and ps4 has been selling quite well it's the most popular console even in india yeah and speaking of india pubg has some india relevance now yeah so there's uh in fact by the time this podcast goes live uh, it's probably it would probably already be over so on january 7 is india is, is the pubg india open it's the first official pubg uh event it's uh it takes place uh, it's going to take place online, obviously, through and it's being held by Gaming Monk. Gaming Monk is a Delhi-based uh, esports company. They used to be in game retail before and had some pretty interesting deals back in the day. But they pivoted to esports and uh, they've got uh, PUBG Corp's permission to la- to have an official PUBG tournament. And uh, according to them, uh, I spoke to them uh, before we published our story on Gadgets360.com and uh, they've told us that uh, the game sees around 100,000 to 200,000 uh, daily active players from India alone, which is a big deal because uh, usually most people uh, who play games on Steam, on PC, uh, end up playing Dora 2 or, or Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Very few games get that much traction. And for a game to get this much traction in such a short time in India is unprecedented. So the so they're going to have their tournament from Jan seven. It takes place, I think, from two p.m. to uh, two to thirty p.m. and uh, gets over when it does get over uh, all day essentially. And it's uh, open for up to four hundred people to take part in, which is uh, pretty interesting all the same because you're looking at a game which is essentially hundred on hundred. Uh, I mean, sorry, a hundred person game, not hundred on hundred. And uh, they're going to be multiple rounds, and uh, they're going that's how they're going to decide it. And it's well, the, I think the coolest thing, though, is uh, usually PUBG is, I mean, for the largest part, has been played in third person. But the entire tournament is based on the solo FPP mode or as we as more commonly known as first person mode. So that's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. And they've opened it up to streamers as well. They've told streamers, go ahead, uh, check it out. Uh, but ensure that your streams are uh, three minutes uh, delayed so that you avoid any stream sniping. Stream sniping is what happens when, well, if I'm playing PUBG and I have a streamer who's on the same server, on the same map, on the same game, if he's also playing and I can, you know, basically peer into that, into, into his screen and play the game as well. Kind of like cheating in exams, but for PUBG. 
So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You reveal the position of your enemies exactly. and all of that, right? So, yeah. so, so that's what's going on, and it's nice to see that uh, the game's getting some local traction and local love. More so when you consider that uh, there hasn't been a physical release of PUBG here, or even a cardboard box release or anything. And yeah, keep in. Uh, and I mean, if you guys didn't get it by now, this is only on PC. It's not the Xbox One version at all. So yeah, fun times ahead. Uh, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what goes down uh, when this tournament happens. It'll be interesting to see who wins. And more importantly, uh, it could just bring in a very interesting facet to esports because for a large part, uh, we've had companies like ESL who uh, and uh, and other publishers stay away from Battle Royale, the Battle Royale genre as an esport because of the logistics involved and because of the sheer chaos involved. And, the fact that we're, and also the fact that a lot of the items in-game are procedurally generated. So... Uh, it's nice to see uh, Bluehole and P- the PUBG Core take, uh, you know, a leadership stance here. But let's see how it pans out. Yeah, so speaking of consoles and games that are actually relevant, let's talk and about Nintendo stance. Switch. Oh, yeah. So funnily enough, uh, Nintendo has announced that the Switch is the fastest selling console in the US. and has sold in, fast- a 10 month period. in a 10-month period. And it's sold faster than the Nintendo Wii. Now, sure, some of you might think, oh, okay, US. But at the end of the day, US is still half of the gaming market. Uh, surprisingly, the Switch has also sold well globally, uh, doing 4.8 million units in the same amount of time, if I'm not mistaken. Which is This is in the US, 4.8 million. Yeah, 4.8 million. So it, it's, it's done well, and even in the rest of the world, it's done well. Uh, what's surprising is, after the story hit, I spoke to a few retailers, and I asked them, what's the traction like in India? Sure, you might have supply issues. You might not be getting it officially. Uh, games are tough to come by, but are people coming in? Are they checking it out? Are they asking about it? And uh, surprisingly, who, I, I mean, again, this is anecdotal evidence based on the few retailers I know, but whoever I've spoken to have said essentially the same thing where uh, both the queries related to the Switch and the purchasing uh, related to the Switch have been higher than it is over uh, a certain black box by a company based in Redmond. That's Which not we'll Nintendo talk about America. later, yeah. So, yeah, it's been doing quite well, uh, all things considered, even here. Uh, and uh, to the point where we've, uh, we've, I've seen situations where games like Super Mario Odyssey, which should not be priced at 4699, 4799, are being priced at that, at that amount and are being sold and people are buying it. So clearly, I mean, uh, it's done well enough. Uh, we've seen, I mean, even even our, even within the Gadget 360 team, we've had a bunch of, uh, we've we've had a bunch of uh, our own staff members who who who've expressed interest or already want to or have bought the Switch and more to come. So it's become a thing, uh, and it's and for all those of you who who bought one, got one over over Christmas, got one over New Year. Uh, yeah, enjoy the honeymoon period because by the time you realize how expensive micro SD cards, you're going to be crying about it just like I am. Hmm. Okay, so we've been speaking about this for quite some time, haven't mm-hmm. we? That uh, Nintendo Switch launch has been like ace to perfection almost. Yeah. Uh, because not only did they get like a really good console out, they also got really good titles out one every month Yeah. until now. Yeah, they've been doing one big title, whether it's a third-party exclusive or first-party exclusive or just... Uh, a flagship title of the month. They've been pretty much nailing that, except for, I believe, one of the months since March. I think September, uh, where they only had Minecraft. No, they had Pokken, and so Minecraft was way before that. Yeah, Minecraft was in May, I think. So, So, uh, yeah, September, I think they had uh, had Fire Emblem. They had Pokken. Pokken. Fire Emblem was in October. October, Yeah, so Pokken was the month they messed up. Yeah, it's it's a garbage (laughs) game. But uh, 
it looks like january is going to continue this in somewhat because instead of launching a flagship title in january there are rumors for a nintendo direct which will happen on january 11th according to many people could be but, uh, but like february is getting two big releases one of them being uh, the bayonetta 1 plus 2 collection which comes out on february 16th uh, which has both games together and the other one is uh, a nintendo published release of dragon quest builders which was originally released on the ps4 and vita uh by square enix so it's a nintendo published it has one exclusive saber clock cub from uh, dragon quest 8 in it and uh, yeah basically that's their february thing beyond that now we'll know everything in january because now nintendo's of the habit of uh, oh by the way here's what we're launching for the next 3 months it's all ready it's all releasing and have fun Yeah and in addition to this uh they have stated greater third party support western developers have expressed more interest in the switch uh the reason why we even know that there's a nintendo direct is january is because the leak came from uh loot box extraordinaire ea of all places first and then it was followed up by uh, noted nintendo insiders like emily rogers and uh, in addition to all of this uh we're in a situation where uh the cadence of releases has been pretty solid so if you think about it if you have a nintendo switch uh, direct in january uh, you they're probably going to announce as 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 mike rightly said they're probably going to announce content good enough for 3 months no they'll probably in fact i say 3 months but i have a feeling they'll do one Stretch uh, covering it to 83 yeah. yeah they'll do one covering till uh, april at least and uh, then rumors will begin for e3 and then they'll have the big blowout for the rest of the year yeah but uh, it's likely we see we get release dates for the new kirby game for the new yoshi game they'll probably announce more ports of wii u games because uh, the xenoblade chronicles x director or people involved have said that they've expressed multiple times interest in bringing it to switch and they said after they finish whatever xenoblade chronicles 2 stuff they'll look into this and all that basically confirms it's going to come eventually so yeah and uh, on top of that we're probably also going to see a date for bayonetta 3 hopefully this year we'll see a date whether unlikely. release date uh, whether we, it we comes didn't out even get a release year we might see a release a window for metroid prime 4 exactly but like uh, bayonetta i'd say is like 2019 or something at this point uh, yeah. when is the kirby game coming out it's supposed to be early 2018 yeah. same so... as the yoshi game both are early 2018 we probably get release dates for them one will be march one will be april or they might surprise us and throw one out in jan also they're capable of doing that at this stage jan might even be a super smash brothers port Yeah. So I mean yeah, so lot to expect uh, if you have a switch or plan to get one. And uh, surprisingly though, and this is an area where Nintendo has become a little better of late uh, has been with their digital discounts. So games like Oxenfree had set over 75% off on the Switch uh down to $5. And uh other titles as well had had some deep discounts over the season. I uh, even uh, for some one or two first party titles too. So uh, and even Eleanor Eleanor was down to $38 from the usual I think $60 price point. 50 $50, 50 price point. Usual, yeah. But uh yeah, so it seems to be an interesting scene but I mean at the end of the day as a as a consumer do keep in mind and we say this a lot on orbital and i think which is our tech podcast that you should totally check out that uh we would also recommend doing your research before buying one because uh if you are the sort who doesn't have the best internet connection in the known universe uh you you you're better off buying physical games on the switch even then uh we would highly recommend reading the back of the box carefully because there are a lot of games and we said this even on a past podcast that require you to do a full that require you to do a download of sometimes in excess of 20 gb so 2k yeah in basically talk, 2k yeah. games like uh, wwe 2k 18 for example and la noir wwe is more than 20 la noir is about 14 yep. nba is about 11 or 9 i can't even remember 
and uh, yeah base doom is 7 gb because you have to download the update which has multiplayer content but yep. uh, thankfully xenoblade skyrim and the like don't require any downloads they'll just have like small patches which is like very small yeah. so but yeah like just do some research before getting this and uh, yeah like when you're buying a switch buy minimum 200 gb sd card if you plan on like getting involved with third party western games at least if you're just going to play it for exclusives and japanese games you could probably uh get off with like a 128 gb card which is really cheap now in most places but if you plan on getting western games at all third party and triple a you'd need 200 gb minimum that's probably why i still haven't gotten a switch i'm just waiting for a hardware refresh uh for two or three minor improvements one is more internal memory and the second one is probably a better wifi chip in the next iteration whenever it comes out meanwhile all i'm looking for is actually a pause button for downloads mm. that's like the only update it needs in my opinion and yeah memory is still a concern though but i, I don't see them doing a bump to internal memory right now it will yeah. probably happen a lot later uh 2019 it should be i think Two years is like standard for a console It, refresh these they, days. They'll follow the Apple model where the only reason they bump internal storage is because it's more expensive to use less storage. Yeah, it's like when Apple goes from like eight to sixteen to thirty-two as the minimum. They're not doing it because they care about you. They're doing it because it's cheaper to produce those storage capacities versus uh, using sixteen and eight earlier. So if Nintendo ever does jump to sixty-four GB in the next two years, it'll be because thirty-two is more expensive to produce. Exactly. Mm. Right. Um next on our list of topics is a console that's probably going to sell maybe like 7 units in India no, of which man. 3 will be giveaways. <laughs> Not really. So yeah, uh, the Xbox One X finally has an India price and release date. Now, here's the funny thing. Uh now obviously for those of you listening in who just want the price and release date, you can check it out on our website, but hey, if you're here, yeah, it's uh, rupees 44,990. uh that's the price of the Xbox One X in India just give our listeners a moment to recover from the heart attack they just Wait, got there, there's more to it and uh it has a January 15 release date uh the the console sh- uh, should be up for pre-orders on Flipkart and Amazon but offline retailers have confirmed with us that they've already started taking pre-orders now here's where it gets interesting uh this was spotted on uh Microsoft's India website uh i w- so yesterday uh yeah yesterday was the f- yeah yesterday i essentially found myself that's 4th of january yeah yesterday was the 4th uh i, I and i found myself check uh, wanted to check out what else to pick up from the winter sale which microsoft had for xbox and uh, i see a banner for the xbox one x uh one thing led to another and i'm on the landing page for it and hey here's the price here's the release date and uh, i and then it had links to amazon and flipkart which weren't live yet Uh so naturally the next thing that happened is uh I called Microsoft a comment uh to which we got uh it's a blooper uh don't write anything now I mean if guys it's Microsoft here you guys aren't an independent retailer or you guys aren't like a fly by night operator there are processes well, not like we spare them but yeah exactly I mean th- there are processes right at the end of the day it's a big company they have processes at least I'd like to think they have processes because that wouldn't go up without someone checking and the best part is uh it was even visible on their mobile site it is even visible on the app so everyone saw it So obviously we we had a story up on the same and we and the funny part was this was actually leaked to us 3 weeks ago exact pricing and the and the third week jan window was leaked to us 3 weeks ago uh and it was leaked to us by someone who wasn't even remotely connected to microsoft and that's the scary part so uh i mean it's i i, I mean like microsoft got its entire plan out there in the wild just for someone to cherry pick and find like it's just really shocking to me 
uh, about, I mean, it, I can't tell if it's Microsoft or, or an Intel chip vulnerability at this stage. But uh, yeah, it, so uh, apparently 44,990, Jan 15. Now, to put it into perspective, uh, the console costs... Um, around $500, that's a, that's approximately 32,000 rupees. You're spending 12, around 12, 13,000 rupees more in India to buy it. Uh, you get the same thing with what you get abroad. Uh, they aren't saying you get PUBG with it, which is uh, disappointing it, uh, to me at least, because uh, I mean, for a lot of people, there is curiosity around the game and how it plays on the Xbox One, particularly if you don't have a PC. Now, the price point to me is uh, a pretty weird situation because on one end, it's more expensive than the PS4 Pro. But hey, the PS4 Pro isn't available officially, has had supply issues rather. Uh, and even though those might get cleared up by the end of this month, it's still not exactly available officially, all right? So one thing, it's a little more expensive than the PS4 Pro. The second thing, it's still a lot cheaper than building a full-fledged PC and because component prices have gone through the roof. And they've been that way since October. It's reached a point where... Um, it's actually cheaper to buy an Xbox One X than it is to buy a RX 580 GPU and uh, a, and a decent i5 processor or, or to even buy 16 gigs of RAM. Reason And to put it into perspective, uh, with the Xbox One X, you can at least do 4K HDR. You can't do that with an RX 580 GPU or 16 gigs of RAM or even an i5 processor. So in a lot of ways, it's a decent option if, again, and this is the big caveat here, if you have a fast enough internet connection because those Xbox One X patches are huge uh, in a lot of titles like Gears of War 4 and Forza 7. And uh, the other caveat being that, uh, well, because it's uh, Microsoft, uh, you it always makes sense never to buy games day one. You'll always get a discount around the sales period. So, like, for example, uh, I mean, yesterday, a game like Halo Wars 2, which debuted at uh, close to 4,000 rupees, was 9.99 on Amazon. Yeah, it was. It launched at 3.99, yep. which is the MRP, or it was at least. They've been fluctuating here and there. And it's 9.25. 9.25, sorry. And so, this, yeah. this, this, this applies to everything except Forza Horizon 3 and Forza 7. Like, you can pick up almost every Microsoft first-party game under 1,000 on Amazon, sold officially by Cloudtail India. And this is these aren't even lightning deals. They're just price drops. Like Killer Instinct Definitive, which has not been below $25 in the US physically, is always $6.99 now over here. Rare Replay has been 400 rupees. Again, it's not dropped below $15 in the US. Gears of War 4 is like, it, it was 700 a few weeks ago. Yep. So if you waited, like now is a really good time. Like if you spend 40, you can spend 50,000 and you can probably get like seven exclusives with the console to play and uh, all of these will be much better than playing it on PC because like like downloading Gears of War 4 on PC is like hell. People have ended up downloading 500 GB because of download failures and stuff like that on the Windows Store. So Yeah, so I mean, long story short, if you're kind of in that position where uh, you, you, you're deciding whether to upgrade your PC or, or pick up the One X, I think the best way forward is to look at the games you play and take a call from there. Because this isn't exactly, I mean, while... There was an interesting piece of news a while ago where Microsoft Poland actually uh, leaked uh, slash inadver rather inadvertently leaked uh, the existence of uh, keyboard mouse support as a confirmation uh, that it's coming soon. Uh, this isn't a console for everyone because, I mean, if you're the sort who plays Dota 2, like, you know, our resident news editor, Abhinav, or if you're the sort who plays Counter-Strike Global Offensive, you're, you're not going to get a better, you're not going to play those on the Xbox One X. But if you have good taste, you'll play what's on the Xbox One X and you don't need those two games. Now, now. So, 
Yeah, it just depends what you play. And honestly, the uh, while the other thing also to keep in mind is uh, PC pricing, and we've discussed this in a previous podcast, hasn't exactly gone the way it should have. It's still more expensive, and it's become more expensive in in this year as well. Uh, so yeah, I mean, just look at what you play and take a call accordingly. All right then. So that basically means get a Nintendo Switch and be happy. Uh, Monster Hunter World is apparently releasing on PC, and we have a date. Ah, uh, yeah, not a date, more like a window of uh, autumn, which probably means in the next seven or eight months. Ah, uh, and this is kind of inevitable because uh, Capcom's known for bringing their games to PC, at least from all the Japanese developers. They've been the most open to the platform, and we've seen this since last generation with Resident Evil Five, which was at that time one of the a pretty decent release despite having games for windows live was a pretty and decent release and it was a release. huge game like yeah. resident evil 5 and 6 are capcom's best selling titles ever i think yep so uh, they so and and usually their support on pc has been pretty good uh we've seen situations in the past where titles like uh, dmc devil may cry where titles like uh, resident evil origins dragon's dogma played a lot better on pc than they did on their console counterparts I mean that still applies. Dragon's Dogma Darker isn't at least uh, while the console port is really good and is totally worth picking up on both Xbox and PS4. The PC version is much better because all of these Capcom games run on M2 framework, which is their Resident MT Evil framework. MT, sorry, yeah. which is their Resident Evil engine, and that's what Monster Hunter World is also running on. And with Monster Hunter World, I get why they're doing a delay. Like they already announced it a while ago, saying that it's going to be on like early 2018 on Xbox and PS4. and it's going to come to PC later they've never hidden the fact that it's coming later to PC uh i i already expected it to be 6 months later because you never say coming later on PC if it's just one or two months later you'd be like you know you just say that oh it's releasing a month later like like how destiny 2 handled it it was yeah, like exactly. a month and a half later but monster hunter world uh, like they need as much time as they can to get this right because while the series has done really well on handhelds Uh, it never really took off on home consoles. This is the first time it actually has a chance, and like at least for the West, handhelds are a very small portion of the audience. So bringing it to PS4 and Xbox One is like you have the maximum mainstream audience, and you can bring it to PC later. The other thing to consider is while many of you would probably be waiting for the PC version because it likely will be the best performing and best looking version of Monster Hunter, there's a big problem because Monster Hunter, while it will have a ton of single player content, the like the bulk of what your enjoyment is going to be is going to be playing with friends online and uh, i don't really see like a lot of japanese games they come and they'll have a community on pc for like the first month or something and then after that is just dead we saw this with tekken 7 when people were all excited saying oh my god look it's selling so well on steam the first tekken proper game on steam now there's almost no one playing it online so and wait there's more to it uh, for those of you avid watchers of steam uh, you know you probably noticed that okami hd was most expensive in india another capcom title and that's because at the end of the day uh, capcom has well realized that uh, it makes sense to whatever price they have on psn and xbl have the same price on steam so if anyone was expecting differential pricing or differential treatment uh, that's a, there's a good chance that might not happen and uh, like thanks to this games are almost double the price on steam from some publishers like uh, uh, the likes of lego city undercover you can get for half price on like physical on ps4 and xbox compared to what it costs on steam now obviously you can pick up stuff outside steam but in a lot of cases you miss out on the pre order bonuses like okami uh, as far as i remember at least uh, you had to buy it only from certain retailers to get the dota 2 courier item which a lot of people bought to sell 
so yeah it's going to be at like it's 399 on console so it's going to be at least 399 on pc because okami hd and the disney afternoon collection on steam in india are the most expensive in the whole world on steam so but again again this is what we assume is going to happen it's it's not set in stone because one possibility could be Capcom could just be generous because we see we saw that with Resident Evil 7 where the PC pricing was actually pretty decent compared to console pricing. I think that was the last game where they actually they, that was the last game where they actually did this. Now it's yeah. all matching the console pricing. So yep. uh this change happened earlier this year after the like January is when Resident Evil released in 2017. Yeah. So yeah. earlier last year I should yeah. say. Uh a lot of publishers are doing this. We've spoken about it in the past multiple times. Games are getting more expensive on Steam. Components are getting more expensive. But uh, yeah, Monster Hunter. If you if you can like find three other people who will be playing with you regularly, then sure, wait for the PC version. But uh, I have a feeling like uh, as with every Monster Hunter game, the first six months is when everyone's excited. They finish all the content, play everything online, and just move on to something else. And then there'll be like no one left. There'll be no hype, no excitement. That's usually how these things work. So you get like a ton of content in six months. While Capcom could turn this around and like keep adding more content, like they have with Street Fighter Five. I think Monster Hunter will do much better initially and they won't have to like Street Fighter 5 was more of a desperation situation to salvage what they just threw out earlier so Yep yep Hmm okay then moving on to another Japanese game which is Yakuza 6 Now I hear you both have been playing the demo well, of Yakuza 6 and you're not happy Two things well, one is I've not played the demo of Yakuza 6 I've been reading a lot about it and I've played the demo of Yakuza Kiwami 2 which is on the same engine as Yakuza 6 Rishi's played Yakuza 6's demo, and the reason I'm not playing it is because I'm not downloading a 40 GB demo. So yeah, yeah, he downloaded a demo, and he was playing with Japanese subtitles. No, for he some was reason. actually not playing with Japanese subtitles. He downloaded the Asia demo, so it was Chinese <laughs> yeah, subtitles. Yeah, Chinese subtitles. Yeah, Chinese. <laughs> because subtitles. when when he sent me a picture and said, "What does this say over here?" I didn't even look at the text, and I forwarded it to my friend who knows Japanese, and he says, "This isn't Japanese. Why are yeah, you sending it to me?" Yeah, I'm aware of that. <laughs> I am really sorry about that. Did not mean to be racist. I am really no, sorry. I didn't even look at the text. Like I just saw him. I, I assumed he downloaded it from Japanese PSN, no, so, so I forwarded uh, it. You, uh, you, the funny thing <laughs> is, on Japan PSN, you can't download the demo anymore. Yeah, so like, <laughs> so publishers I, in in uh, Region Three, which covers Asia, and publishers in like on PSN in Japan, they pull a lot of weird stuff with demos. Some of them are time limited. Some of them are uh, pre-order bonus limited, and the like. Yakuza Six's demo was actually a pre-order bonus for Yakuza Kiwami, which released a while ago in Japan, and. Uh, It was supposed to be like an early purchase bonus. It did get a full-fledged demo later, but as Rishi says, it's been pulled, and it's only available to download uh, on Asia PSN, which usually includes Chinese and English, or in this case, only Chinese because the English release is going to happen in March. So yeah, so uh, so, f- so a l- my a bit of a disclaimer here. This isn't the same demo that uh, people who bought the Japan version of Yakuza Kiwami got. Uh, that demo ran at 900p. There were frame rate issues, but it still looked very good. And if you, if you were the sort who hadn't played Yakuza Zero, you'd think it was pretty decent. Uh, this one seems to be based off a slightly later build, but still early. And I say that because uh, there were some minor issues, like uh, jagged edges, a lot of jagged edges in a few places. Hmm. Uh, but then, in terms of detail and and in terms of exploration depth, it's Just as comparable to the other titles, in the sense that you go in, you go in the streets of Kamurocho. There's a, the same level of things you can do. I mean, yeah, you there aren't as many mini games, 
and your combat is slightly pared down because you only have one fighting style to choose from. But you do have a lot of QTEs and you have a lot of immersion and interactivity with the environments. So if you actually get into a brawl inside a convenience store, you see you can actually see items on the shelf, you know, flying around. Just to give you the... Because, you know, hey, it's not the 80s. The game takes place in modern times. So you, it's not like when you punch a gangster, they explode into yen. That doesn't happen in this game. But then it, this makes for a cool substitute, the interactivity that's there and the stuff that ends up flying around when you're in combat. And uh, it's super fluid and there's a sense of seamlessness where there are no loading screens when you get into combat. Uh, there are no loading screens when you get in, when you have uh, cutscenes. There are no loading screens at all. It's pretty seamless. And that, to me takes the it takes takes the emotion right to the next level and and in a game like this where you're so focused on the story where you're so focused on uh, the moment to moment gameplay it actually makes a difference at least to my experience of the game uh and what was really cool also was the fact that they added first person mode so you can actually explore and see how much how how much time they spent on ensuring that the right logos are in the right place like for for whatever whiskey brands they have and the like are there so it's really cool to see that attention to detail at an even closer range and uh they, and yeah since it's a since it's based in the modern modern era you, your your character kiryu has a smartphone and he can take selfies take pictures but what's really cool is how the environment reacts to that so if you're taking a selfie and and there's a, by, a bystander in the frame that bystander will actually react to it or if you're taking us or if you're taking a picture and you bump into a gangster you, you immediately get into a fight so it's got that level of interactivity that you, you've come to expect uh, now, obviously, from a story standpoint, uh, it's going to be all over the place if you haven't played Yakuza 5, at least. Now, Yakuza 5 was a digital-only download, was a digital purchase only in the in Western markets on the PS3. And uh, for, I think, the month after its release, it was free on PS Plus. But A few that, months later, yeah. not the month after. So, yeah, a few months later. But then... Long story short, uh, if you want to play it, you you you'll have to pick it up digitally, and even then, it takes all it takes it takes place after Yakuza Four, which again was a PS3 exclusive, and that took place and Yakuza Four took place right after Yakuza Three, which was also a PS3 exclusive. Funnily enough, Yakuza Three never got a digital release, so if you're the OCD sorts, you might want to check out your favorite YouTube channel to just watch all of them, or if you're like me, you might just want to start playing them to figure out what's up. So. Yeah, from a plot standpoint, uh, I won't be surprised to see uh, Sega put up uh, what to expect from Yakuza 6 in terms of narrative. No, to they set have. They've actually released a go. video which says previously on Yakuza, which talks about some of the stuff which will happen in 6. Or at least some of the stuff which happens which relates to stuff which will happen in 6. Because uh, this is the first PS4 only Yakuza game. All the others have been on PS3 and some of them PS3 and PS4. And a lot of people got into the franchise with Yakuza 0 and then played Yakuza Kiwami, which was a remake of Yakuza 1. So everyone, including myself, like 2, 3, 4, 5, not played yet. I have started playing uh, one of the Japanese-only spin-offs called Yakuza Ishin because there's a nice PDF guide which someone has made to understand the story and all. And uh, it's really good. But again, like a lot of people are going to be lost. So they have uh, interactive comics on the website for the stories of the previous games and stuff. I think all the effort they're putting into this kind of implies that it's going to be a long time before they ever handle re-releases of 3, 4, and 5. Because uh, those three don't even need like a Kiwami-style remake. Yakuza 2 is getting a big remake, but then that was a PS2 game. 3, 4, and 5 are all on PS3. You can just do HD releases, re-releases of them. Yeah, you can. And more so particularly for 3 because there's no digital version on PS3. So that might actually happen. Now, uh, 
Yes, in terms of feature set, it seems a little pared down from Yakuza 0. But then what's important to keep in mind, as Mike said, it's because it's the first game on, it was their first PS4 only release. It's the first game on the new engine, which is exactly. like the same engine they've been modifying since PS2 and improving and stuff like that. And they keep saying it's a modified Dragon engine or whatever. And uh, it's the first game and that's why they're like there were a lot of tech issues. It was also the first game which they added PS4 Pro support to. So... Uh, a lot of Japanese developers have struggled with PS4 Pro because they're just used to working with one console at a time. So for them, like uh, in cases like Gust, which is owned by Tecmo Koei, these are the developers who do the Atelier games. They've struggled really badly with multiple platforms after they've been bought over by Tecmo Koei and the games suffered in quality, both performance and uh, on a narrative side. So like uh, earlier, the games used to be made for just PS2 or PS3. Then they started doing Vita now they've started doing Vita, PS3, PS4, then Vita, PS3, PS4, PC, Switch. The games run terribly on all platforms now. So uh, hopefully that won't happen with... Uh, I mean, it isn't happening because uh, while Rishi's been playing the Yakuza 6 demo, which is the first game on this engine, I've been playing Yakuza Kiwami 2's demo, which is the second game on this engine. And uh, things are a lot better. There's almost no screen tearing, at least what I experienced and from what I spoke to some other people on the base PS4. Uh, visuals are improved quite a bit. Uh, there's a lot more gameplay additions which weren't there in 6 because obviously first game on the new engine. You can actually like walk upstairs and enemies will start chasing you over here and all like in a building earlier. You could just like enter a, enter a room or enter a building and then your combat would you'd be safe from it. Over here they actually like follow you up and all. It's really funny and like it's quite nice and uh, they obviously added more physics based uh, physics-based like colliding and all stuff so like when you enter a store you can actually run past and if you bang into the shelves stuff falls off like this stuff which this is things which uh, usually don't happen in many of these open world exploration games and all yakuza kiwami 2 i played that because like i've played kiwami 1 so this would be like picking up straight off that but the demo felt like some random area in the game so i had no idea what was happening but uh, i was actually looking forward to that and i was hoping they'd do that before they do yakuza 6 in the west but i guess they're going in release order so yeah but I mean, uh, yeah, so uh, it seems to be an interesting release. It's going to be out on March 20. Uh, and I mean, again, like I said, our impressions of the demo, for, or at least for Yakuza 6, are based, on an early, are based on an earlier version of it. So fingers crossed we see a more ironed out, uh, smoother release, probably something on part of what we saw at Zero. But yeah, we'll know soon on March 20 when that hits. Yeah, so the Kiwami 2 story, does it like uh, continue from Kiwami 1? Yes, yes. It's, it's actually... And uh, it's not Yakuza 2. It is. it is. It is. Yakuza 2 So remake. Kiwami 1 was a remake of Yakuza 1 with uh, some new story stuff added and like uh, more game stuff modes. added to older stuff, including like obviously a ton of game mechanics and all added. Uh, Kiwami 2 is a remake of Yakuza 2, which follows the same thing. So there are more gameplay additions. The story is retold. There are some changes to how the story is told. Uh, hopefully there won't be as many pacing issues as there were in Kiwami 1. But from what I've spoken to people who've been playing the Japanese release, uh, they are not happy with how the story was handled. So like until I play it, won't be able to say anything right now. And it seems like it's going to be early 2019 for when this releases. So yeah. Yep. Hmm, okay. So Rishi, you want to talk about Overwatch? Oh yeah, so uh, Overwatch just got done with its uh, Well Winter Wonderland event. And the next thing we saw from Blizzard was... Uh, a new year update and uh, essentially they've uh, overwatch boss jeff kaplan said that hero number 28 or, or sorry hero number 27 the next hero 28 or 27 i keep forgetting is already in the works and uh, uh, right now it's at the stage where they're not putting a concrete date to it because they want to focus on getting things right 
rather than uh, rush it out. Which is, I mean, good to hear because, uh, I mean, the last few hero updates, while great, while welcome, at launch, they were... Well, they weren't exactly tuned as they should be. Uh, there were a couple of issues with Doomfist or Rissa and Sombra, to say the least, and even Moira. Uh, and it's nice to see that they're taking a more, they're taking an approach that's a little more uh, refined. So that's going to be an important thing that gonna, that's going to come out. Uh, there's also going to be the, the Blizzard, the Blizzard World map, which they debuted at BlizzCon, is finally going to hit uh, soon. They aren't giving a date yet, but I'm guessing it'll be in time for the lunar uh, event, the lunar event, uh, uh, the lunar new year event, which uh, this year is the year of the dog, not the, uh, last year's year of the rooster. So expect uh, more themed uh, themed skins, emotes and, and the like. They also said that uh, th this year's uprising uh, event, which was basically now for those, uh, it's something we even covered in the past where the uprising event essentially uh, is a celebration of Overwatch's anniversary. So, and uh, the last time around they had a re they had some really cool game modes where you could basically play co-op with friends in the game, which is really awesome. So it's going to come back with some evolved gameplay mechanics. So it'll be interesting to see what they bring in. So uh, in time for the Overwatch League, there'll be uh, limited edition skins that hit Overwatch uh, for all platforms. Uh, and the Overwatch League itself is going, to is going to begin on Jan 10. So that's going to be fun to see how that goes down because Blizzard's made, I think, close to $240 million in just selling the franchises alone. So it's going to be a huge deal. It's going to it'll be fun to see how that pans out. Obviously, in the on the grand scale of things, uh, there aren't any Indian players there just yet because uh, while Overwatch is popular, it isn't as popular as it should be here. Because I mean, not everyone's going to spend uh, two grand, which is a discounted price, or four grand for the for the game. So soon, hopefully. But uh, and in addition to that, we're also seeing a situation where. Uh, they're going to be bringing uh, more, uh, more, more, uh, more requested skins into loot boxes, which is always great to see. And uh, they're going to be taking uh, more, uh, more strategic changes to how uh, the game functions in competitive mode. So it seems to be a lot of the same, but a lot of the same in the right direction, in the direction where the community seems to be appreciative of it. So how it actually pans out is going to be good to see because last year we saw uh, new heroes, new maps, new modes, new events. This year it seems to be sustaining all of that, taking it forward and the addition of the Overwatch League. So I think it should be fun to see what happens because, uh, I mean, I've been away from the game for a while. Uh, it'll be nice to come back and see what's new, what's fresh and uh, what's different. Yeah, okay then. So let's talk about the games we've been playing this week. And I will go first because you guys have spoken way too much on this podcast. Yeah. Um, Okay, so lots of games I've been playing this week, starting with Yakuza 0. Uh, really enjoying the game. I'm just like about, what, one or one and a half hour into it. The only problem is that save system. I mean, come on, man. Who who keeps remembering to go to phone booths to save the game? Find a payphone, bro. Yeah, all the oh, time. God, they, all they you, all you that. millennial gamers, I tell you, back in my day, save points were a staple of most games. Cool, Grandpa. So yeah, yeah. Uh, they they actually fixed this issue in Kiwami by, by for some reason, leaving the stupid phone booth system in for saving, but you can also save anywhere. So like, mm. nice job. Yeah, continue. Okay, yeah. So I like just thought, okay, this will be like any other game where it auto saves. And then, you know, I hit the PlayStation button, powered down my console, came back and found that I had to play lots of sections all over again. So you do know when you start up a game, it tells you immediately if it has autosave or not, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just putting that But out. it didn't say that you have to manually save either. What does no autosave mean? Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is not how you design a game. <laughs> 
but yeah that aside really killer game having a lot of fun with it another game which i can highly recommend is on ios um, i'm not sure if it's on android just check if you're on android i'm really sorry if you're on android anyway so imbroglio um, it's a game by michael bruff which i uh, michael bro i don't know how to pronounce him i'm really sorry for the developer as well i really can't pronounce his name um, but yeah it's a rogue like um, basically there's a tile of there's uh, a board with like uh 4 by 4 tiles so 16 tiles in all and each tile itself is a weapon so you can actually like edit the tiles and the order uh, they are in and you can make each tile a weapon based on the enemies which come out so thankfully you have enemies coming only for four, from four directions and all of them are like known beforehand like you know that okay this type of enemy will come from the bottom left and the uh, a different type will come from the top right and the uh, place where the enemy comes from that doesn't change so once in a while you get like these um advanced boss monsters with like more health and more uh, uh uh mana but then you know like defeating them is not terribly difficult so the only problem is that every time you basically collect stars in this game so every time you collect a star the layout changes in the map so there are like walls in different places and that means that you can end up in certain really tight spots at various times because of the random number generator so i've really been enjoying playing it simply because you know the game throws up like endless variety every time each game is completely different from the previous one and um, yeah just arranging the board properly can ensure that you get a very high score so you unlock characters by like getting these high scores if you get like a score of 128 uh, four times you unlock a certain new character you get it once you un- get another character so right now i am my top score is unfortunately 127 so i'm still like two characters away from uh, unlocking everything in the base game i will be trying for a higher score and i highly recommend that you check this out it's one of those games which will probably never go on sale so at the current price which is i think 3 dollars uh, you can was it 4 dollars 4 dollars yes so you can pick it up it should be 250 rupees on the indian um, store so definitely go and check it out very very highly recommended um other than that i've been playing uh, million onion hotel which once again i spoke about um, last podcast um it's another like weird game like whackamole uh, rogue like what do you want to call it like is it rogue like no it's not rogue like whackamole match uh type of a game where you match like a bunch of on- onions and you make rows and you make diagonal rows and, and all you that you take sips of onion soup yeah you do so it there is a bit of a story in there as well it's again a really weird game you just try it and you'll see what i mean uh totally uh, recommend that one too i've also been playing a bit of cat quest which is an adventure game on ios once again um uh, a lot of fun to play it's it's got a really really nice story and they like if you like cats and you you are definitely going to love this game and even if you don't like cats you definitely have to appreciate the puns that they put into this game so as you play the game you will see what i mean and i would recommend that one cat quest too. is on every platform though literally except xbox one yeah so maybe like, like it's in ghost towns yeah, yeah it's on literally everything not xbox one yeah so, so yeah. maybe three people will miss it but you know it's it, that's that's fine yeah. yeah so i guess that's uh, all from my list of games uh, next week i may or may not have played more let's see so mike so uh, i finally put away xenoblade chronicles 2 after 190 hours <sighs> yeah uh, after finishing the game went back to all the previous areas to do quests because like didn't have to like review it anymore so like playing quests doing more stuff discovering new areas which i thought were like dead ends and stuff just just like ton of stuff and i actually ended up booting up breath of the wild uh, after doing this and like yeah that open world is garbage compared to this so yeah like just completely done with xenoblade chronicles 2 until the dlc hits which i have the expansion pass so uh we'll do that like 
probably like one of the best JRPGs of the last like few years for so sure. So you're saying that Xenoblade is better than Breath of the Wild? As an open world, yeah. It needs like hopefully they've said like updates are going to come to fix the navigation, which is really garbage in it. But uh, yeah, like I really like it. Really good. Uh, last few areas of the game, re- revisiting them, really good. Lots of good quests and all. Still lots of stuff to fix, but had a lot of fun. So I decided like. Whenever I play a long game on one platform, I decide to put that whole platform on hold and move to something else. So, picked up the 3DS, uh, restarted Etrian Odyssey 5, doing some stuff over there, and also finally properly started Bravely Default after like starting and stopping playing it multiple times over the last few years. On the 3DS. Bravely, yeah, Bravely Default is... Uh, uh, it's like a Final Fantasy game in everything but name from Square Enix's team that can actually make good Final Fantasy games. And... Uh, yeah, if you like good music, at least you should check out the soundtrack on iTunes. It's easily one of the best soundtracks in gaming overall. And uh, Etrian Odyssey 5 is like from Atlas. It's a first-person dungeon crawler where you draw the map as you crawl the dungeon and stuff. And I've uh, spoken about it before, but like restarted it with a different party because there's literally like infinite possibilities over here with party structure and portraits and stuff like that. So going to focus on the 3DS a bit for now before like review season starts. So yeah. Hmm, what okay. about you, Rishi? So, I noticed that Rishi does not like Zelda. Rishi does not like Xenoblade. So, can I conclude that Rishi hates open world games? That's not exactly true because uh, I've been revisiting a lot of Assassin's Creed Origins. So, yeah, I mean... Oh, that's so, he doesn't like good open world games. No, no, no. <laughs> that's Assassin's Creed Origins is really good. So that's amazing. not exactly true. I mean, I've been revisiting Assassin's Creed Origins and... Uh, I mean, yeah, it's... I mean, I think I've put a close to i think 100 hours across the game and this is without the dlc yeah across ps4 pc and xbox one i think i have a problem but yeah you um, have no problem just look at mike everything's yeah, all right no it's kind of like next life level seems here. better when everything you look is going to be okay like from the prey soundtrack by mick gordon check it out <laughs> on spotify that game is so good but yeah so basically we've been playing that and yeah the yakuza 6 uh demo in fact, the reason why Yakuza 6 impressions are delayed has to do with me revisiting Assassin's Creed Origins. And it can't be helped, man, that wa- those water effects and that and those sailing is like possibly the best part of the game. So, yeah, that. Well, uh, if our editor Kunal is listening, please forgive the man. Yeah, what the water effects are really nice. It's the reason you play games, good water effects. <laughs> cool. Man. So, yeah, just so the basically that. And uh, yeah, uh, waiting to see... Uh, what happens when Monster Hunter hits looking forward to that one that seems really good it's a game that begs to I mean uh, looking back on my time with the with the open beta on that one it's a game that deserves a photo mode I hope Capcom puts one in because it's that looks that good but yeah basically Assassin's Creed Origins and Yakuza 6 with uh, occasional dips into World of Warcraft so that's been my week Right then, that's all we have for this episode of Transition. We will see you with another episode next week. As always, if you have any questions, comments or feedback, do write to us at podcast at gadgets360.com and you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and Instagram at gadgets360. The music for this podcast comes via Magnus Olai Paulson whose album PPP PPP is where the tracks are from and if you like this podcast, do subscribe, do leave us a rating on iTunes. Your ratings, your reviews, your subscriptions, all of them help us a lot. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>